Welcome to the Bhagavad Gita for Everyday Living podcast series by Gautam Ji, Senior Disciple of Swami Parthasarathy. In this podcast, Gautam Ji dwells on Chapter 1, which describes Arjuna's sorrow and agitated state and his partial recovery by the end of the second chapter. Just for the benefit of some of you come today first time, the text we are studying is the Bhagavad Gita. Okay, so we are studying this verse by verse. There are 700 verses or shlokas in the Gita. And in this class on uh, Sunday mornings, we, we study it verse by verse. I teach it every verse at a time. So the chapter we are on is chapter 3. The yoga of action, karma yoga. And this chapter is actually where the teaching of the Gita starts. So in fact, it's the, it's the best time to begin the study. If you have not studied, if you have not done it from the first chapter, really is okay. See, what happens is, what has happened so far? So the first chapter is titled Arjuna Vishada Yoga, which means the it's a description of Arjuna's sorrowful state. Vishada means sorrow, despondency, despondent condition. And Arjuna represents hmm, each one of us. So what has happened to him is, although he is a very successful person in his field of action, he is a highly regarded warrior, he has won many battles. When it comes to a personal challenge in life, hmm, he succumbs. So the battlefield represents the various challenges you are going to face as a human being. And invariably you succumb. It's a question of less or more. Stress and strain. So you become incapacitated actually. So at the physical level, you lose your ability to act. So he says in the 29th and 30th verse, right? Very famous verses. He says, Gandiva, my bow falls from my hand. I am not able to stand. So physically you become incapacitated. In your parlance you can say you feel tired. You don't feel enthusiastic to work. You want to get away. You want weekends, vacations. Right? These are all manifestations of the physical fatigue. Which should not be there actually. And the reason is because emotionally you are agitated. That's what happens to him. Worries, anxieties, what will happen? He's emotionally disturbed. Intellectually, what happens? Hmm? What happens intellectually? Stops. What doesn't work? Intellect. What is the, how do you, yeah, that we know. But what does that mean? Not able to you lose your clarity of thinking. There is no clear thought process. He doesn't know what to do. Should he fight? Should he not fight? Should he... How should he approach the battle? What are the reasons? He's completely confused. Hmm? 
like you're confused all the time right how to deal with my children how to deal with the spouse how to deal with situations and environment there's no clarity at all so from that state the interesting part is when you're in that state which everybody is you're not able to come out of it what's the fundamental problem why does that happen anyone hmm you think you know you're convinced you know what you're doing that's what arjuna was he is convinced i know how to live my life that's it and he is giving krishna clear reasons why the he should not fight hmm? that's the beauty of it not only are you not aware of your problem ah uh, you don't know you have a problem you believe you are okay now what can anybody not knowing you have a disease is bad enough having a disease is bad enough bad enough not knowing you have a disease is, is fatal but believing you are healthy is i don't know which category to put it that's the beauty of life so i've told you it's it's an impossible exercise everybody believes they know how to live their life so you will not find anybody wanting to learn how to improve themselves because they genuinely believe that you know that's what I, so so in that scenario krishna kept quiet that's what you must understand anybody with some sense will just keep quiet he did not talk for the whole chapter we had to painfully go through at least you missed that part those of you who come you know we had to painfully listen to arjuna first chapter so if if i don't fight uh, rituals will get over in the family rituals get over the ancestors won't get the rice ball and all sorts of things he's talking there's no there's no what he's talking so krishna kept quiet so what's the lesson you learn for your day to day life which you never follow <laughs> none of you when a person is talking especially your better or worse half whatever you want to call them and they are convinced they know what they are talking what should you do just keep quiet now you're giving big lectures here <laughs> go home and see what happens as soon as they talk straight argument start you shut up you shut up you shut up. nobody keeps quiet so that lesson we don't learn every day is the same problem so if you have any wisdom you'll know how to keep quiet so he kept quiet and when you when a person keeps quiet what happens the other person automatically goes introvert the psychology is very interesting if another person is not reacting to what you're talking obviously you think right the person is not saying anything what am, am i talking the right thing or Hmm? so arjuna did that in the beginning of the second chapter he says i don't know what i'm doing i don't know what i'm thinking please guide me hmm? and at that time also 
I'm just I'm giving you a background because some of you I can see new faces. You should know what we're doing till now. So even at that time, Krishna did not start giving him a lecture. He had two problems. The first problem was Arjuna was highly agitated. He was emotional. And you must remember, whenever a person is shouting, screaming, disturbed, agitated, they are in an emotional state of mind. No reason will work. So there is no point explaining. And you start giving reasons, you know. I have heard people give reasoning to their two, three year old child also. <laughs> Eating the mud is not good for you. Bacteria, as if they understand anything. They don't. Similarly, a person in that state of mind can't understand. It's not possible. So, Krishna had to give him some time to come out of that emotional st uh, stupor. And the second problem Krishna had is very interesting. Till that time of the Mahabharata, now here they are almost at their middle age or beyond, all of them, right? They have they have adult children and all by that time. Krishna had, uh, Arjuna had, what is it? Abhimanyu. So you can imagine they are at least in their 40s or whatever. You can Till that time in their life, Arjuna had thought of Krishna as a friend, as a confidant, as a relative, as a cousin, but not as a guru. So there's a big uh, gap, you know. He, now, so Krishna has to bring him to a point where he considers him a man of wisdom. The beauty of Krishna is he never made it anybody, uh, you know, there's no point. Person is not ready, you can't force it that I am a person of authority. You know? So that's the beauty, right till his, till that time in their life, Arjuna had no clue. See how much ignorance, you understand? So, so in the second chapter, which is titled Sankhya Yoga, which we've done, it's almost like an Upanishad. It's the, it's uh, Krishna blasts Arjuna with the highest philosophy of life. Which Arjuna has no clue. He doesn't know what he's talking. Talking about illusion. He's talking about the reality. The futility of life. All that sort of a thing. And it's just to. It's like a wow effect. Arjuna says wow. I never knew this is what you were. So to get him. And to give him some time to come out of his emotional nature. You see. So by the end of the second chapter. Second chapter is the second longest chapter in the Gita. The last chapter is the longest. 72 verses, the second chapter. Arjuna partially recovers. So he asks him, who is a Sita Pragna? Who is a man of perfection? It's still not relevant to the battlefield. That's why we say partial recovery. But Krishna again gives him one of the fabulous pieces of scriptural literature. Who is a perfect human being? And by the end of the second chapter, the beginning of the third chapter, which is where we are, is where Arjuna has come down to earth and he has understood A, he's got a problem, B, Krishna is competent, C, he needs to understand how to handle the situation. Mm -hmm. So only in the third chapter does he ask the relevant question to life itself, to his life, which means to our life. 
now what should i do how should i act that's pretty much what it boils down to so krishna has just now given him number 1 the necessity to act he says you cannot get away from action so this is the first lesson all of you must learn is the importance of being engaged in your field of activity and everybody in this world look forward to retirement see how opposite it is my guru is 92 years old he is still acting you'll see him this fall he'll be coming here 92 lecturing all over the world running the academy action can never stop the minute your action stops you deteriorate whether it's mentally physically you don't exercise also he's saying even the sharira yatra pichate na prasiddhi eda karmana even to maintain your body you have to act exercise you have to, if you don't exercise your body deteriorates you don't exercise your mind you don't keep it active flowing open it deteriorates you become senile so first is the importance of action in the first few verses then the problem is so inaction is tamas inactivity which is a very difficult thing to overcome especially at the intellect at the mental level hmm. see we had so many people last week at our public event right but out of that you'll find very few committed to continue that process it's nothing but tamas it's a it's a lethargy at the emotional intellectual level because to change your thinking is very difficult nobody wants to put in the effort there's no other way and the older you get the more difficult it becomes so to get rid of that tamas no i need to learn how to improve my life is very very few have that commitment so i understand that anybody with some sense will understand that so talking to that very very small minority the rest is all tamasha once in a way you go listen to something good is not going to help you this is advertisement okay it's important so you got to overcome that lethargy the einstein was asked how do you have so much knowledge sir and his answer was what is my knowledge compared to my ignorance he is not aware of what he knows he is aware of what he doesn't know that's why he is einstein remember that all of you are constantly thinking of what you know what different does that make what there's a lot what you don't know work towards that so this tamas so tamas means lethargy inertia indifference so you have to overcome that number 1 and the second problem you have is even if you overcome the inertia and start acting what happens Hmm? You get attached. You get attached. You get involved in your action. This is called rajas. Rajas means you are acting, no doubt, but there is a tremendous obsession, craving for the action. 
attachment, involvement. So with that comes a lot of stress and strain. So not only are you stressed and agitated, spiritually speaking, what happens is you create more and more desires. You generate more desires. And the desires make you more agitated. So it's a vicious circle. You never find satisfaction. And you're going away from your real self. So this is the predicament everybody has. Either people are not active. You must understand. Those who are peaceful generally are inactive, lethargic. So it's an incredible contradiction. And those who are active, dynamic, productive, highly stressed, agitated. Some sleeping tablet, some blood pressure medication, all this going on. Anti-depression. So, nobody understands. See, these reports are coming, right? Fellows are bribing millions of dollars to get their kids into school, these colleges and all, right? All over the news, you must have. What nobody thinks is, See, they believe that's the holy grail of the children's life, you know. Like all of you believe. You do anything to get your kids in those schools. Those fellows had the money, they're bribed. You don't have the money, you have to wait till they are, at least they're okay with their duffers and you're finished, you know, whatever. So, then you're stressed out, whatever. So, now what the belief is, I get these guys into the school. Now, what I was having lunch with one of the professors at these schools, he's the head of the, one of the big departments there, one of the top authorities in the world, in fact, not just this country. He's telling me, almost half of our freshman class takes anti-anxiety medication. Huh? That you will not see. You will only see, get them into there. But what are they doing there? Are they able to handle it? No, they can't. Explain it to you. Either people are tamasic or they get into this rajas, which is this frenzied worry, anxiety. So, what Krishna is saying is both ways will not work. That's what he talks about. In the seventh verse, he gives the prescription. He says, You must act, you must move, you must function, but your thought has to be on a higher purpose in life. So, this is the whole technique of karma yoga, friends. This is practical Vedanta. Vedanta is never saying you should leave what you are doing. That's what people believe, especially in India, which is the biggest tragedy in our country. The biggest tragedy is people believe that this wisdom which originated there is not applicable for your day-to-day -day life. So, no youngster wants it. No. Once I retire, I will start reading the Gita. <laughs> life is over, you want to start reading how to live your life. A, it doesn't work. Now, I'm not saying you should not. It's the, never too late to start. But the whole concept is gone. Because people believe it's something which takes you away from life. You'll have to leave everything. One of my students, he's not here today. He's, uh, uh, he, had, he was engaged. 
so he's he told me when he first started learning this uh, here in the geeta class you know he called his mother in india so excited you will be surprised mom he's like what happened in the middle of america here i never thought i'll get this opportunity i'm learning the bhagavad gita that also verse by verse she started crying he thought she'll be happy she actually started crying oh i've lost my son <laughs> this is not the ye to khelne koodne ki umar hai this is your age for jumping and dancing this is not the age for this is the concept that no it's not relevant for a youngster in fact at our academy in india uh, if you are above 30 you are disqualified to join only youngsters are allowed it doesn't work as well you know the, the full time course so all of you are disqualified except few <laughs> one or two i can see smattering here and there so so the whole essence is you should not leave what you're doing you must act in the world you must function in the world but your thought has to be on something higher on a higher purpose not just your self centered interest because it is the selfishness which is what creates the problem in life which is what generates more and more desires which is what agitates you so the simple prescription is it is the self centeredness which is the cause of all the sorrow and stress so if you can keep your mind on an unselfish goal while you are acting in the world you will be peaceful and you will grow spiritually because since your mind is on the higher the lower desires drop off this is how you grow spiritual remember that that's the whole process of karma yoga thank you gautam ji on giving us our first life lesson the importance of being engaged in our field of activity and overcoming lethargy for more information on our live weekly lectures on the gita and vedanta please visit our website vedantausa.org